Well, here we are. Welcome to December and welcome to the end of another year. So I got one question for you today, and it's based on questions that I've gotten a lot in the last few weeks that kind of revolve around this. The question is, are you staying just for the paycheck? Now, it's it's true that the volatility created by the pandemic caused nearly everyone to reevaluate their work. A whole lot of people experienced remote work for the first time and then decided they would make that a priority from now on. Others heard about the desperate search for workers by hundreds of companies, decided to explore what seemed like easy options to advance or even change careers, only to experience what's called shift shock. Now, we've heard other terms like quiet quitting, resenteeism, bare minimum Mondays, Hacked your wage, sheltering in place to describe simply tolerating a job in exchange for the paycheck. Now, if you identify with any of these terms, trust me, it's time to move on. I'm also going to give you five clear indicators of how you may be feeling that are even more pressing reasons you need to take action now. All right, stick around. Then I've got two Christmas movie recommendations. Now, I'm not not a movie watcher. But there's two Christmas movie recommendations that build on everything we talk about here in this podcast all through the year as guiding principles to build your true success. And I want to make sure you don't miss those. So grab your cup of tea. You know, right now I'm based on the recommendations of my functional medicine doctor. I'm drinking ginger tea, ginger tea and enjoying it. It's supposed to help with digestion. So grab whatever it is you're drinking today. Get ready for another episode here toward the end of the year where we're going to have practical advice, uh, inspiring stories, and some resources to help you maximize your opportunities and be ready to jump into the new year with a clear plan to upgrade your level of success. So stick around. We're going to be right back after a couple of messages from our supporting sponsors. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, yeah, Dan Miller here, and you're listening to the 48 Days Radio Show. You know, this is where each week we dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Now, we're going to really unpack that today here, but this is where normal indecision and ambiguity come to die. Welcome to the 48 Days Podcast. Our quotation today comes from the movie It's a Wonderful Life. A little clue there as to what one of the movies may be that I'm going to recommend. And this is right near the end where the angel, Clarence, gives a copy of his favorite book, Tom Sawyer, to George Bailey. And in it, he writes, Remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Now, we're going to expand on that a little bit. Remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Our resource for today comes from one of our very active members in the Eagles community, um, Steve Christmas. Steve has the Santa laws. So he's got 12 laws of Santa 
that uh, are about success and they work all year long. You can get a free download of it. It's really cute. Um, very, very nicely done. But uh, go to thesantalaws.com. So you can grab the copy there of your 12 Laws of Success from Santa. All right. Now, got a note from uh, Kristen in our Eagles community. She posted it. We have lots of people on Fridays who post what they're doing that's successful. And I just was touched by hers. She said, yesterday we hosted Thanksgiving in our home. And my husband and I felt such gratitude that we were coming out of a very rough couple of years, both financially and emotionally. My side hustle is absolutely exploding right now in the best way possible. I have multiple streams of income coming in and four different freelancing projects to work on this weekend alone. Best of all, my freelancing is utilizing my writing and music skills so it doesn't feel like work. Now get this. She says, my side hustle is paying for our Christmas this year. I'm so grateful for all I've learned in this community. Can't wait to see what 2024 brings. But what a, what a great way to get started. Starting something, following her passion, doing something where she has talent and passion. Now she needs the money piece. She's worked that out. And what she's doing where she says it doesn't even feel like work because it's in her zone of genius and her area of passion and it's paying for Christmas. What a great way to end the year and uh, know what the next year is going to bring. Now, this year, I, I'm going to kind of summarize some of the questions around this issue of should I stay. I got a note from one of the editors, LinkedIn, and asked if I would comment on this idea. He says a new analysis from LinkedIn shows that workers aren't quitting their jobs as quickly as they were last year. It suggests that many are starting to hunker down in their current roles to weather an uncertain economy. We want to hear uh, from, we want to hear from you. Want me to comment on, is sheltering in place a strategy that you think will continue? When do you suggest workers look for a new job? All right. Now, I want to just kind of recap what I started out with here. COVID came along and it caused all kinds of volatility, obviously. A lot of people were forced to stay home. It was a brand new thing. And then companies found out, wow, we can get work done. Even if people don't come to the office, what a novel idea. A lot of them decided they wanted remote work. It doesn't require real estate, doesn't require buildings that people come to. You don't have to provide snacks, coffee, whatever, utilities. Well, so, so there was a lot of change that took place. Now, it wasn't just that. A lot of companies have decided they don't want to have people who are working remotely. They want people back under the same roof where they get the collaborative effort of brainstorming together and all that. So there's that. But there's, there's other things that have happened. I mean, a lot of people knowing how desperate companies were for employees, and that was real clear. I mean, you could just walk down the street and get four job offers if you weren't real particular about what it was you were getting. And then, then we started hearing these terms like quiet quitting. Now, I'll give a little explanation. Quiet quitting means that somebody is staying on the job but they really aren't in it anymore. They really don't want to be there. They just are sticking around because they get a paycheck. And that's thus my question. You know, are you staying just for the paycheck? Resenteeism, that's kind of self-evident. Bare minimum Mondays. That means on Monday, you really can slack off. You really don't have to do much. Nobody's paying much attention. People are there after the weekend. You can really get by with doing very little if you show up at all. Act your wage. People were encouraged you know, if you're being paid $80,000, I mean, don't do the work of somebody that's being paid 
a hundred thousand in another company, just barely get by. I mean, what a what a self defeating kind of approach. Well, I don't want to be too obvious in my biases here, but I guess that's pretty clear anyway. And then sheltering in place is a current term that we're hearing that describes simply tolerating a job in exchange for the paycheck. Now, the sad commentary on the workplace is a reflection of more than just a change in the economy. And it's more than just the lingering effects of the pandemic. I mean, nobody wins when a worker is not fully engaged in work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. I mean, to be sheltering in place, I mean, wow, think about that term. I mean, that really implies an imminent danger, something where we isolate and protect each other from an outside threat. And that may, you know, happen for a couple hours. It's like a bomb threat or, or some kind of weather that a tornado is on its way and going to hit in five minutes. That's when you, you shelter in place. That's not a term that needs to be applied to working, you know, certainly not an ongoing description of day after day hiding out only to survive. I mean, it's that old fight or flight. If you're in a, a fight or flight mode, gee, your adrenaline's high, your cortisol levels jump up. I mean, it destroys your body if you stay there. Sheltering in place? Are you kidding me? Well, all right. So let's unpack this a little. If you consistently find yourself happy, unfulfilled, or longing to be somewhere else, it's essential to recognize that your well-being and highest potential cannot thrive in those circumstances. If your work does not blend your passion and talent, it can't possibly be the best fit for you. When there's limited room for growth or learning in a position, it's time to seek out a new position. If you don't resonate with the company culture or values, it should prompt more than just a general sense of discomfort or dissatisfaction. It should prompt I mean, immediate focused action for change. Now, what are some of the other effects if these things are in place? Prolonged stress, dissatisfaction, unhappiness at work. Those are going to have direct manifestations in a person's mental and physical well-being. Emotional exhaustion, it'll show up in reduced performance. Cynicism, burnout, anxiety, depression. High blood pressure, heart and digestive issues, headaches, weakened immune systems, strained relationships, both in and outside of the job will be prevalent. Now, it's crucial to know you're not trapped. I mean, there are too many options that will allow you to find or create, as you know, how we talk about it here, work that aligns with your career goals, provides great compensation and a clear sense of purpose. So sheltering in place, no, absolutely not, not a strategy. Now, I, I must admit, and it's probably no surprise, that a lot of the comments that came in on LinkedIn as a result of this question said, no, don't do anything right now. You know, here at the end of the year, just stay put, no matter how horrible it is, just tolerate, just stay put. We don't know what the economy is going to do in the first quarter of the next year and all those kind of reasons for just staying put. I totally disagree. I mean, companies right now are planning what they're going to do for the next year. They're not waiting until January gets here. Now's a perfect time to raise your hand and say, wow, I can help you accomplish the goals that you've laid out. I'm the man, I'm the gal that you're looking for to be on your team that can help you move forward. I got great experience. I know what my value is. You know, I know I have 
skills that can benefit you and give me joy in doing them? I mean, now's the time. Now's the time to do that. I mean, sheltering in place, again, absolutely not a strategy. I just don't buy it. It's a, it's a helpless response based on fear and inaction. I mean, your purpose in this world deserves a better expression than that. Now, this is the time, to, again, to take a fresh look at those three critical components I talk about in 48 days that'll help you define your best fit. Number one, your skills and abilities. Take a fresh look. I mean, you're at a different place than you were five years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago. What is it that you do that you do really, really well? What are those skills that you've really refined and developed that make you more marketable now than you've ever have been in your life? Number two, what are your personality traits? You hear me recommend often the DISC profile, strength finders, fascination index, Enneagram, I mean, all those kind of things. We love all of those to help you understand more about yourself. You know, the old Shakespeare thing, know thyself, to thy own self be true, then thou canst not be false to any man. The more you know about yourself, the more you can have an accurate positioning of what you do in the right position, in the right kind of work. And then number three, values, dreams, and passions. What are those things you find yourself just being drawn back to? I mean, a lot of people start second careers or start organizations based on things that really grab their heart, things that have happened to them. I mean, I was reading about a lady this morning who started an organization to help people understand drug use better. Rather than seeing it as a criminal act, see it as a real challenge. How can we help those people effectively? She had a family member that um, was lost because of that. And so she moved into that space and doing some remarkable work. So again, those three things are skills and abilities, personality traits, values, dreams, and passions. Having clarity then regarding your greatest contribution to an organization will increase your boldness, your confidence, your enthusiasm for an effective search for work that matters for people who care. Boy, right there you go. Again, let me just repeat that. Having clarity regarding your greatest contribution to an organization will increase your boldness, confidence, and enthusiasm for an effective search for work that matters for people who care. Now, it's, it's not a delusion to expect to live in that sweet spot that I talk about that's a blend of passion, talent, and money. I mean, settling for less is a disservice to yourself and everyone around you. All right, so again, let's just recap. Just a quick recap here. Number, I'm, I'm going to give you five things here that you can kind of use as guides. Number one, if you consistently find yourself unhappy, unfulfilled, or longing to be somewhere else, it's time to move on. Number two, if your work doesn't blend your talent and passion and provide exceptional compensation, it's time to move on. Number three, where there's limited room for growth or learning in a position, it's time to seek a new position. Number four, if you don't resonate with the company culture or values, it's time to move on. Number five, if you're experiencing emotional exhaustion, high blood pressure, heart and digestive issues, headaches, weakened immune systems, strained relationships, it's time to take action. Now, I, I know there's a lot of you who may be saying, yeah, but you don't know my situation. You know, I've got to do this. I've just got to stay here. I've just got to bite the bullet. I can't. Well, the, the more you say that, the more you confirm the reality, making that true. But if you believe there's something better, 
for you, then you are in the driver's seat to take action and move in that direction. I mean, it's really crucial to acknowledge you're not trapped. There are too many opportunities that will allow you to find or create work that aligns with your career goals, provides great compensation, and a clear sense of purpose. All right, so much for my rant. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back. All I've got left are these two movie recommendations. But just a reminder, if you got questions you want to submit, boy, as we roll into the new year, I'd love to hear those. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan. Leave your questions there. You can leave a, a resource, comment on what we're talking about here. But uh, put your questions there, 48days.com slash askdan. So here's a quick message from our sponsors, and then I'll be back with those two movie recommendations that I promised you. So I've got two movies that I want to recommend. And again, boy, I am, I, I am a weakling when it comes to movie knowledge. I couldn't name three movies that have come out in the last year, probably. Um, I just don't pay much attention to them. But some of these old classics, do I do remember because they have such a profound message. I don't know. I'm sure there are some new movies that have profound messages as well. I'm just not up to speed with those. Um, but here's a couple I want to recommend. Number one is It's a Wonderful Life. Now, that's a movie with Jimmy Stewart. Came out in 1946. Been around a long time. Has 18,900 reviews. Now, it's listed as one of the best movies of all times. But there's so many principles in there. So many things that uh, I just want to point it out here at the end of the year. It's worth watching. I was on a call this morning, had one gentleman and a group of about 20 people who said that he knew he had seen it as a child, but he didn't really remember it. And boy, everybody else jumped on him big time. You've got to watch it so you know now as an adult what the movie is all about. Now, Again, in the very end, Clarence, who was the angel who came and was speaking with Jimmy Stewart, George Bailey, the main character, uh, wrote in the little book that he gave him. Remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Now, what happened? Again, you know, I'm, I'm going to assume you know kind of the plot. I mean, it's, it's A Wonderful Life. It's a movie about a gentleman who's known for his selfless acts of kindness, for helping his friends in the community. They're in Bedford Falls you know, in various ways. Here's some of the things that he did, some of the things that uh, George Bailey did. Hard to, hard to not say Jimmy Stewart, but it, George Bailey in the, in the movie. He saved his brother, Harry, from drowning. Now, as a child, George jumped into a frozen pond to save his little brother, Harry, from drowning. But doing that caused him to lose hearing in one ear. But he saved his brother's life, and he never resented that. Uh, he kept the building and loan, the bank open. He took over the Bailey building and loan after his father's death. And he worked tirelessly to prevent the town from falling under the control of the other bank in town who was owned by the greedy banker, Mr. Potter. He provided a lot of affordable home loans to many people who would otherwise be at the mercy of Potter's high interest rates. I uh, helped Mr. Martini. He was a customer at the building loan who was about to lose his home due to Potter's indifference. George helped him secure a suitable house and, and then even welcomed the Martini family as neighbors. He helped help a lady when she was harassed by another man at a dance and then helped her get home safely. 
gave up his honeymoon savings. If you've seen it, you remember that. George and his wife, Mary, were planning to go on a honeymoon, but they ended up using their honeymoon savings to prevent a run on the building and loan during the financial crisis. They were down to their last $2. Gave up their honeymoon in order to do that. Save, save the bank. Provided a lot of loans for homeowners. You know, helped a lot of home, homeowners find their first homes in Bedford Falls by helping them with affordable loans. Uh, protected his Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy was the older guy who kind of hung around and helped him at the bank, but then he made a really big mistake by misplacing $8,000 of money that was supposed to be deposited and it got misplaced. But George took responsibility for the loss and tried to make amends, didn't criticize Billy for that. It, there was one time when he was, uh, it was just a young boy, and uh, George stopped Mr. Gower, the druggist, from accidentally filling a prescription with poison. He was really grieving over the death of his own son. And George, as a little boy, saw what he was doing and first got criticized. And then the druggist realized he was right. He thought, oh, my goodness, that would have caused harm to somebody if he had not stepped in and intervened. He was always choosing community over some of the things that might have benefited him just personally, consistently taking care of the needs of the community and all that. Well, in the end, I mean, this is just the, the summary, the message of its wonderful life revolves around the idea that every life has value, that our actions can profoundly affect others, and that selflessness, community, the bonds of family and friendship are sources of strength and fulfillment. It, it just It's an encouragement to all of us to reflect on our own lives, our choices, our relationships, reminding us to appreciate the beauty and significance of the human experience. You know, in some ways, it may seem like George didn't follow his dreams, like he was always stopping going in the direction that would benefit him directly and helping others. Well, I hope that doesn't seem counter to what we talk about here. Yes, we talk about having big dreams and pursuing those and not putting up with incompetence or um, the kind of things that we talked about here already in your work to move on. Well, if those things are just selfish and harm other people, I mean, that's one thing. Um, hopefully that's not the case. And certainly this idea of helping others, being supportive of others, looking after other people with their needs will ultimately help you more than anything else. And in the end of this movie, of course, George Baylor realized he was a very, very rich man in terms of how the community loved him and the family that he had and ultimately how the business thrived as well. All right, one more. This is Little Women. Now, again, I, I you know, I almost, uh, I'm surprised at myself for recommending that. You know, Little Women. Well, it was based on Louisa May Alcott's book, Little Women. And the reason I like it is because it does such an excellent job of highlighting the uniqueness of each of the people in the movie, especially the mom and then each of the four March sisters. There was Joe, Meg, Beth, and Amy how it validated their individuality. I mean, I talk about that a lot. We have distinct personalities. And in the, in the, the movie, it portrays each sister with a very distinct personality and interest. Joe was very independent, aspiring to be a writer. Meg, more traditional, desires a family life. Beth is gentle, musically inclined. She wanted to follow that. Amy's an artist and has aspirations of being an artist. I mean, their differences are really, really clear and, and the movie celebrates those individual 
qualities. Rather than saying, no, you know, we live in this small town. You all need to do this. You all need to go to college. You all need to become nurses. No, each daughter was very, very different. And it respects those different choices. You know, it doesn't judge Meg for wanting to marry and have a family. Or it doesn't judge Amy for pursuing her art. Each sister had an opportunity to really thrive in her area of uniqueness. I love the fact that the the other brothers and sisters, the other well, the other sisters in this case, the other sisters were so supportive. I mean, having a family around you like that is a big, big deal in helping you move toward your dreams. There, as the story unfolds, each sister experiences personal growth and learns some valuable lessons. Each one of them goes through that. Um, you know. One of the ones, of course, that I really kind of identified with, I guess, and loved seeing how cantankerous she could be was Joe, played by by Winona Ryder. So Joanne and I have a tradition of when we put up our, our tree, and our tree is already up. Our tree's up. It's beautifully decorated. Joanne does a marvelous job of making our place a magical wonderland all through the house. I mean, even in the bathrooms are decorations. But while we, do, we put up the tree, we always have on. Um, little women. So here's the deal. There's that one stage in there where having just rejected a marriage proposal from her longtime boyfriend, Joe verbalizes her exasperation with herself. Now she was proposed to by the kid next door who was there with his grandfather and he was a wealthy family, prominent family. She would have had everything taken care of and he loved her and she rejected his movie, his marriage proposal. She says, there's something wrong with me. I'll never fit in anywhere. And then her mother, so understanding, gently replies. And her mother could have said, yeah, you're right. You know, why'd you pass up such a great opportunity like that? Our whole family would have been better off, had access to things we wouldn't otherwise. No, her mother said, you have so many extraordinary gifts. How could you expect to live an ordinary life? Wow, I love those words of wisdom. I mean, I typically stop the movie and just let that sink in. Her mother says, you have so many extraordinary gifts. How could you expect to lead an ordinary life? I mean, what a, what a blessing to have a mother with that kind of insight, a mother who validates her daughter's uniqueness rather than squashing it. I know we all have our own parent stories, and um, many of you are parents. What an opportunity to and move into and validate the uniqueness of each of your children rather than trying to squash it and make them something that they're not. I mean, do you have someone in your life who encourages your unique gifts? I mean, someone who, who knows you'll never live an ordinary life? Or are you still experiencing pressure from wherever to do what's practical and realistic? Do you find it difficult to fit in? I mean, if so, maybe you just need to stop expecting to lead an ordinary life. Now, I grew up on a farm in Ohio. I grew up in Mansfield, Ohio, just outside of Mansfield. It's kind of it's a town uh, kind of halfway in between Columbus and Cleveland. And we were in a little town that to this day does not have a traffic light. I mean, that's how tiny it is. And the expectation was that I would do the normal thing, marry a local girl, in my case, a girl from our church only, and continue farming with my dad. But I could see more than milking cows and throwing hay bales. I mean, as a little boy, I envisioned being other places and doing work that required and rewarded thinking and writing rather than just raw physical effort. Well, fortunately, I found books 
you've heard me talk about. That was my window to another world. Books that supported my dreams and visions. And I experimented with ways to not be normal. I purchased audio programs from people like Zig Ziglar, Jim Rowe, and Brian Tracy with titles like Getting Rich in America. I mean, those stretched my thinking, gave me confidence to try ideas not common with my classmates. As a matter of fact, in attending my 40th high school reunion, I discovered that only two of those in my class of 30 left that little town. One of my previous girlfriends and me. The other 28 got local farm or factory jobs, put in their 30 years and retired. Clearly, there's something wrong with me. I mean, I didn't think I fit in back then, but I'm glad I made the choice to not live an ordinary life. Now, in the movie, Joe's mother continued with, go embrace your liberty and see what wonderful things come of it. So maybe your destiny is not to accept an ordinary life with ordinary success, income, and some sense of fulfillment. Perhaps your path is to explore, create, embrace, and follow the road less traveled and live a truly extraordinary life. Now today, I love being, being a daddy and I love being a papa. I get to encourage my children and now my grandchildren to explore their extraordinary gifts. I mean, what a thrill to see their uniqueness being explored with songwriting and face painting and God, movie production, artistic drawings, book writing, studying herpetology. There's all kinds of unique things coming out. You know, maybe some will become teachers, farmers, or work in the local factories, but it'll be with the rich awareness of the full spectrum of their dreams and passions and what was possible. And my coaching schedule stays full with doctors, dentists, engineers, pastors, and more who were forbidden by well-meaning parents from exploring a broader range of options. Those who were not allowed to test their extraordinary gifts, but were um, oftentimes pressured to be responsible and normal. I've got lots of stories about that, how at midlife, you know, 45 years old, they discover, ah, this isn't really it. I'm doing this because other people expected me to do this. I had the academic ability to do this. But boy, this isn't really my heart's desire. But oftentimes the prestige and even significant income can never replace those feelings of joy, awe, and wonder that come from being fully alive. Well, some of you have the call to be abnormal. I mean, only you can be you. So my my final question for you today is this. What are you doing with your extraordinary gift? What are you doing? with those things that make you unique? Are you embracing those or have you buried those trying to be responsible and practical? Well, remember our quotation where Clarence the angel says, remember no man is a failure who has friends. And then a resource, hey, go go check out Steve Christmas. That really is his name. His name is Steve Christmas. Delightful guy. But check out thesantalaws.com where you get Santa's 12 Laws of Success. So it'll work for you all, all year long. You can do a free download of that, a beautiful PDF of that. Well, this is a wonderful time of year. You know, no matter what happens, there's, there's something about reaching the end of the year that gives you the excitement of knowing the new year's coming. And I love that anticipation. It's going to be, whoa, a fresh start, a new beginning. January's coming. But I want to be in the driver's seat when that comes. I don't want to be just sitting, twiddling my thumbs, wondering what's going to happen. No, I want to decide now. I know you do as well. Hey, thanks for sending in your questions. 
for being open to growing, for being a powerful force, for making the world a better place. Share this episode with two or three of your friends who need a little encouragement here at the end of the year, who may be in one of those situations, they may be stuck in what we call sheltering in place. Wow, help free them from that. They'll thank you for it if you give them options, tools to move on to something more fulfilling. Be the kind of person that gives others hope and encouragement. Stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.